I want to talk from Ephesians this morning. I don't really have a title to it, but it's basically who we are as the church or who we are in Christ, all right? Who you are, who you really are in Christ. So if you look in Ephesians chapter number 3, starting in verse number 1, it says, For this cause I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. So right off the bat we can pause here and say, Paul's a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Actually, as he wrote to the Ephesians, he's in jail at this time. Okay, he's in jail. Uh, Ephesians is one of the uh, prison epistles, they call it. And along with Colossians, I think, and Philippians, Ephesians, and there's one more, I think it was Philemon, when he wrote uh, these epistles while he was in jail. So we can get a, a, a message right off the bat here, even in verse number one, where Paul's saying, even though I'm in prison, even though he was in prison a lot for his ministry and for his work for the Lord, he never considered himself a prisoner of Rome. He never said, I, Paul, the prisoner of Rome. He said, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. That's a great message for us because no matter where we find ourselves, if we're living for God and doing the best thing, you may find yourself in, in situations or circumstances that may feel like you have yourself trapped or in prison or bound up. Amen? But I want you to know that we are there. If we're walking with Christ, we can say, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. It doesn't matter what situation I'm in. It doesn't matter what may seem to have me bound. I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ. So Paul, and we talked about this a little bit Wednesday night, but he found himself content in whichever state he found himself in. It didn't matter whether he was free or whether he was in prison. Uh, Paul was content because he was doing the work of God. And that's why it's so important to be involved in the work of God. Amen? It's God's plan for each and every one of us to be busy about God's business because when you are... It means that your perspective is in the right place. Now, here's what happens. See, here's well, Paul got thrown in prison for trying to do the work of God, right? So when bad things happen to us, we think, we say, okay, God, I'm trying to do your will, and here I am in prison. That's how we would have looked at it, and we would have got upset and, you know, stepped back from God. But Paul did not do that. He was reaching, and so we, we need to realize that no matter what we're going through in our life, there's going to be problems and trials. He even said, you know, in this world, you're going to have what? Tribulation. You're going to have problems. You're going to have situations. But he doesn't stop there. He said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. That's the position of the church. Amen. So Paul never considered him a prisoner of Rome. He was a prisoner of Jesus Christ. So just be a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and it doesn't matter what comes into your life. Verse 2 of chapter 3, it says, If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word. He's speaking to the Ephesus church here. And this dispensation 
this dispensation of grace, that's the dispensation that we're living in right now. A dispensation is a period of time in which God deals with his creation. Amen. And usually there's something that's expected of them. And then if they don't obey, there's a judgment. Amen. And so in this dispensation of grace, we are to be born again. We are to accept Jesus Christ. All right. To be born again of the water and the spirit. And we know that this dispensation is going to end with the judgment, the rapture of the church. And the coming tribulation that's going to come upon the world, all right? But right now we're in this dispensation of grace, this period of time when it's open to whosoever will, hallelujah, that we have the grace of God that's bestowed to us. It's, it's a great time to be living for the Lord, hallelujah, that he have, we have this love of God that will help us and to lead us and to guide us, amen? And so he talks about this dispensation of grace, and then he says in verse 3, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, but is now revealed, hallelujah, this revelation of Jesus Christ, this revelation unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And this is the revelation. This is what's been revealed, all right? That the Gentiles, that's us, all right? That's you and I. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. He goes on to write, whereof I was... a made a minister according to the gift and the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power and unto me who am less he just says I'm less and least of all saints but this grace was given to me that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the, what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. Alright. So Colossians. Which is another book that Paul wrote. And we have to understand. This was to the, to the church of Colossia. Okay. And so Paul. In his ministry. And you can read about him in Acts. But Paul went on. I think it was three or four missionary journeys. I'm not sure. But as he went. He established churches. In these different cities. And then while he was a prisoner. He would write back. These notes or letters to them, encouraging them, strengthening them, and telling them how they ought to behave and to act. And so this fellowship of this mystery that's been given. In Galatians 1, he writes to the Galatians, he said, Where have I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, this time, this period of time, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest, hallelujah, brought to light, if you will, to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery. So the mystery has been brought to light. Mystery means, uh, if you look it up in the Greek, it means actually to shut the mouth. In other words, it had not been spoken yet even though from the beginning of time God had this plan it was a hidden truth 
but it meant to shut them out. But it's now this glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, and this was it, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So this mystery, this, the shutting of the mouth by God is now, Paul saying, now I'm speaking about it. Now God's opening his mouth and it's about this hidden truth and what it is is Christ in you, hallelujah, the hope of glory. So God in the Old Testament, of course he was God among them. And then in the New Testament we know that Jesus was Emmanuel, which is God with us. Hallelujah. And then when he was going to leave, he said, I, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I am going to come in you. Hallelujah. I w I'm with you now, he said, but I'm going to be in you. Hallelujah. So now we have this hope of this glory, which is Christ in us. Hallelujah. The hope of glory. So remember, we're talking about the church's position in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We have all power. Amen. We have everything that we need to live for God, hallelujah, and to walk in this way and to consider ourselves that we're just prisoners of Jesus Christ, amen? We're not prisoners of this world. We're not bound by the things of this world. We have situ situations and we go through life just like everybody else is, but we are in the world, but we are what? We're not of the world, hallelujah. And so the church, hallelujah, has the power to overcome. And so when you look at this Colossians, this hidden truth, this, this uh, shutting of the mouth, Hebrews, he addresses it to the Hebrews in chapter 1. God who in sun-dry times or in different times and, and diverse manners and different manners spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, hallelujah, whom he hath pointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, all right? Who being the brightness and the glory, there's that revelation, this brightness, the express image, everybody say the express image of his person upholding all things by the word of his power, hallelujah. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, and being much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The expressed image and means the engraving or the figure stamped. Jesus Christ was the exact copy of Almighty God. Hallelujah. When God said in Genesis, I will create man in my own image. He did it through the power, hallelujah, of Adam first, but then through Jesus Christ, he came, and this shutting of the mouth was stopped, hallelujah. Now, the Word, John tells us that in the beginning was what? The Word, and the Word was what? Made flesh and dwelt among us, hallelujah. So now, this great power of the spoken Word of God has become flesh, and I know I'm not talk, telling you anything new here this morning, but we need to understand the power of this mystery that has now been revealed. Amen. We can become so acquainted with it and get so uh, used to it, if you will, that we neglect to realize the power that we have through the Word of God. 
We are the church. Hallelujah. We are the church triumphant. Hallelujah. We've been through the water and the water couldn't turn us. Hallelujah. We've been through the fire and the fire couldn't burn us. That's what the old song says. We are the church triumphant. Amen. And I want you to know that there's no reason that we have to live beneath what God desires for us to live in. He is Jesus Christ that expressed that exact copy, the figurative representation, hallelujah, of Almighty God came and dwelt among us, hallelujah. And he said, I'm with you now, but I'm going to be in you. He put himself in you, hallelujah, the expressed image which we get our word character. He was the exact character of God. And so in Acts chapter number 10, 44 through 48, while Peter yet spake these words, he's being sent to Cornelius, the Gentiles. Peter is actually starting here with the Gentile church, opening up to them. We know that he had this vision from God that said, you know, what I've uh, called unclean, don't, or called clean, don't you call unclean, amen? And so Peter, uh, God was working with Peter to, to deal with uh, this Cornelius, this Gentile. Because at the time, the Jews had nothing to do with the Gentiles. The Old Testament was, the promise was only to the Jews. Amen? But this great awakening, this great revelation, this great light that has come forth is that now this uh, inheritance that we have in God, hallelujah, in Christ Jesus. And so in 44, Peter speaking to the Cornelius household and everybody that he brought together and the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they of the circumcisions, the Jews if you will, which believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter. So Peter brought these friends, these Jewish friends with him. And he brought them to this Cornelius' household. And Peter's preaching to them. And they get the Holy Ghost. And all of his Jewish friends are like, wow, they got the Holy Ghost too, just like we did. And how did they do, know that? Verse 46. For they heard them, what? Speak, hallelujah, speak in tongues and magnify God, hallelujah. I want you to know that there's power when you lift up your voice to pray and to declare things in the name of Jesus and to praise, hallelujah. We need to realize the power that there is in praise. We do not just simply go through the motions here on a Sunday morning when we crank up the choir and we try to get everybody motivated to praise. It's not just so that our emotions can arise, but it's for us to realize the power when you begin to praise God. He said, I am with you. Hallelujah. I inhabit the praises of this people. Amen. And we need to know that there's power in that spoken word. Jesus Christ was that spoken word. We can speak the word of God. Hallelujah. And we need to realize that we can say, hey, mountain, be thou removed. Hey, problem, be thou removed. Come on now. We got the power. Comes through the spoken word. Amen. To stand upon the word of God. But we have to have the right concept. Amen, that not everything necessarily in your circumstances are going to work out right. Paul was in prison, but he still had the power. Paul was in prison, but he still had the authority. 
Hallelujah. Paul was in prison, but he still had the position in Jesus Christ. And I'm trying to encourage somebody this morning that no matter where you find yourself, that you are the church. If you've been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, I want you to know, hallelujah, you are the church, and the church of God is a triumphant church, hallelujah. Praise God. We got the power. So they heard them sp speak in tongues, and they magnified God. And then Peter answered, Can any forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. What's that name? Jesus. Then prayed he to tarry, him to tarry certain days. And so we find that, you know, this isn't really part of my message, but in case you're wondering, it wasn't just a good idea to get baptized. It wasn't just something that you could do maybe because you've had this experience of receiving the Holy Ghost. This might be what you want to do. No, he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So back to Ephesians 3 there in verse 10. He says, To the intent that now unto the principalities and the powers in heavenly places. And I'm not really sure. I read a couple com commentaries on this verse. and not really sure. Perhaps if you have uh, uh, what it's actually saying, you can enlighten me on it. But what it's speaking to me is that, hey... Even the angels now in heaven are realizing now in heavenly places that they might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. Hallelujah. The angels now understand our position. Hallelujah. The angels now understand. He goes on later to talk in Ephesians 6, but that's another study. But he talks about we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, right? But they're against powers and principalities and spiritual wickednesses in high places. But there's powers and principalities here. These are the ones in heavenly places. And God's even putting them on notice now. Hallelujah. That my church, hallelujah, they're heirs to the promises and the power that I have. According to his eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we have boldness. Everybody say boldness. And access. Everybody say access. By faith of him. By the faith of him. Amen. We have this boldness. We ought to be bold. Hallelujah. We ought to declare the word of God with boldness. Hallelujah. We don't need to take the back seat to anybody. Hallelujah. We need to realize that we are the church that we are the children of God, hallelujah, and we have access unto God, hallelujah. Think about that. We have access unto God Almighty. You don't have to go to Pastor Myers and say, could you please ask God to do this or to help me in this situation. We don't have to go to Pastor Myers and ask him to do that, amen. We can come, what's the Bible say, boldly, hallelujah, into the throne room of grace. And he's not a God that's on vacation, and he's not a God that might be sleeping, and he's, he's always there, hallelujah, that we can come boldly into the throne room of grace, for he is what the ever-present help 
He's the ever-present help. Hallelujah. He will help you. He will help you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Because he's given the church joint heir authority. Hallelujah. We are heirs. Hallelujah. Just like Jesus Christ. So when we look at this in Ephesians, and we have to understand how it was started in Ephesians the, like I said earlier, Paul went to these different cities and preached and had revivals there. And they call them his missionary journeys. And so in Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 7, it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? That's a good question. Amen. So I'll just reiterate that this morning. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? It's great to be a believer, but the Holy Ghost is the promise. Hallelujah. Carry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Hallelujah. The power of the promise is Christ in you. You're the church. Hallelujah. You can tell that old devil, get behind me, Satan, hallelujah, because you got the power. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God is great, amen. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, we have not heard so much of heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. They, they were disciples of John the Baptist. Paul said, hey, you're believers, great. Have you received the Holy Ghost? We don't, what? What are you talking about? We've never heard about it. Amen. And so that set off a bell in old Paul's mind. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? How were you baptized? Again, we realize the importance of this baptismal thing. And they said unto John's baptism. That's pretty good credentials right there, right? John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, the man who got, uh, Jesus himself said there's no greater prophet that's ever been. Hallelujah. John's baptism. And Paul said, oh, really? That's great, but you need to be rebaptized." Then said Paul, John barely baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus and when they heard this, here's that voice, that mystery that's being released now. When they heard this, hallelujah, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them. And they what? They spake with tongues. And they prophesied. They spoke out. Hallelujah. And all the men were about twelve, and he went into the synagogues and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading. And I said all that first part there, really to get to that, verse 8, where Paul was there for three months in Ephesus, teaching them about the things of God. Amen? And in verse 3 of Ephesians chapter 10, what we just read it was to the intent now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifest wisdom of God 
Even the church now can understand this. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. So Paul goes into this big metropolis. And I think they said it was around 200,000 people that were in Ephesus. And their god was, I think it was the goddess Diana. And they had, you can read about it in, in Acts. But you know, they had a dispute there. And they said that they uh, were questioning some of Paul's uh, helpers. They brought him into this great Colosseum. And they said that the Colosseum held 25,000 people. And they were in there and they were disputing, uh, you know, whether they were destroying the, the work for the uh, goddess Diana and destroying all the uh, idols because people weren't buying them anymore and they were hurting the economy and, and all these things. And the Bible said that for the space of two hours, these people cried out, great is Diana, great is the goddess Diana. They did this for the space of two hours. Amen. And we need to realize that when we come into the house of God, sometimes we get weary. Oh, but we got the power that's in heavenly places. The goddess Diana was just an idol that was made up. Hallelujah. And they sold trinkets and things that you could bow down to. But the hidden mystery is the revelation of God, the creator of all things, manifest in the person of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, and not just manifested in the person of Jesus Christ, but now he's manifested in the church, it's Christ in you, hallelujah, God in you, how to think about that, God says I want to come and dwell in old sinful man, and I'm going to call him my church, and I'm going to make them heirs and join heirs, and I'm going to give them the power, hallelujah, I want us to realize this morning to remind us, I know I'm looking at many seasoned saints, but to remind us that we have the power of God in our midst. Amen. We have the power of God that's working in our lives. The epistle of Ephesians basically falls into two main parts of three chapters each. Chapters 1 through 3 is about the believer's position in Christ. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. Four through six is the believer's conduct in the world. Amen. But the believer's position, first of all, he addresses the believer's position. He wants you to know, I'm going to let you know how to live and how you ought to walk and how you ought to act. Amen. But I want you to know, first of all, your position. And in verse uh, 1 through 12 or 1 through 6 there in Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and the faithful of Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God of our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Everybody say spiritual blessings. If I could convey to you this morning what I'm thinking or trying to convey, that we have all the spiritual blessings at our disposal, if you will, our access. We can come boldly into the throne room of grace. 
not natural blessings. All right? So we've got to be able to separate this. <laughs> we've got to realize that, oh, we're on our flesh, we're desiring the natural blessings, right? We're wanting God to get us out of this situation. We're wanting God to help us to pay this bill. We're wanting God to heal us of this, of this disease. And, and God is able, hallelujah, and He can do those things, amen. But the primary purpose that he, Paul is wanting us, the church to understand is that you have all spiritual blessings. That in the midst of the storm, you can be at peace. Hallelujah. That doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You can come into the presence of God. You can pray. Hallelujah. You can worship God. You can have read the word of God and God will speak to you. Hallelujah. He's the revelator. Amen. The mystery of bringing things to life. As a matter of fact, it's through the darkest storms that we have our greatest revelation of who Jesus Christ is. You think about Paul and all the things that he went through and on his, uh, he was now a prisoner of Rome and he's put on a ship to be taken to Rome and, and he, then while he's on the ship there's this great storm, right? This great storm came up and there was a shipwreck and the whole ship was lost but everybody was saved because of Paul. Because God had a plan in the midst of the storm. And it was in midnight in the midst of the storm that an angel stood beside Paul and said, Fear not, Paul, because you're going to appear before Caesar. God's got it all under control. I want you to know that if you're in the midst of the storm, the darkest hour, it may be midnight, hallelujah. I want you to know if you'll have your spiritual ears open, you can get a revelation of what God is trying to do with you in your life. Hallelujah. That it doesn't matter and to get your eyes off of this world for it's going to pass away. Amen. And all, when he comes, all things are going to be made new. Praise God. We are only ambassadors, representatives that are here from another country. This is not our home. We're just travelers that are passing through. And God wants you to understand that he's prepared for you a place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, in the heavenlies. Woo! There's going to be no more heartache, no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Can you give the Lord a hand clap right now? Can you lift up your voice? Hallelujah, the mystery of the spoken word. Can you just say, I praise you, Jesus. I worship you. Woo! And you can begin to feel God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. I feel the power of the Lord in here. Aren't you thankful you can come to church and feel God? It's a spiritual blessing. Hallelujah. That we can be amongst brothers and sisters that say, you can make it. I appreciate you. You're doing a good job. Hallelujah. The spiritual blessings uh, that you're a good soldier in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Run the race with patience. Hallelujah. God has got it all under control. Look at your neighbor and says, God's got it under control. Hallelujah. But we have these spiritual blessings. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 
doesn't matter what we're going through. God wants to bless us spiritually. He wants to commune with us. He wants to come into our lives and reveal himself more fully to us. And the greater the revelation of God in our lives, the worse that these trials in life bother us. Amen. The, the least these uh, trials and tribulations in life bothers because we know we've been there before. We know who holds tomorrow, and we know who holds my hand. Hallelujah. I'm thankful my hand is in the hand of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. These blessed us with all. Everybody say all. all. Spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Heavenly places. Get your eyes off the world, folks. Get your eyes off the circumstances. Looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. And there it is in verse 4, according as he hath chosen us, we are chosen, hallelujah. We are in this position of being chosen in him before the foundation that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. This is a predetermination not that we don't have any choice. We are the only mammals or animals, if you will, that have the ability to choose. All other animals are acting upon instinct. Their lives are predestinated, if you will. He's not talking about the predestination of an individual as you only have one thing that you can do and it doesn't matter what happens in your life. Uh, you're predestined to whatever I have set for you. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the predestination of the church. When he told Peter, upon this rock, I am going to build my church. And the gates of hell are not going to prevail against this church. And all you have to do is get in the church. Ha! Hallelujah! I said all you got to do is get in the church. Don't mess around on the outskirts of the church. Don't play games with the world in the church. But get in the church. Woo! Step all the way in. And you can have these spiritual blessings. Hallelujah. And you can know that we are the adopted by Jesus Christ. And I was raised in a family I, we probably can't even understand unless you were an actually an adopted child. I can't really comprehend it. I had a great family growing up and loved. And, but adoption is mean you're brought in. You're brought into the family. And I can remember I was saved and I was a teenager. I was about 19 years old. And, and during one service, the evangelist was speaking on families and everything. And he had... At the end of the service, he had everybody come together, and he said, get with your family. And, and I had nobody to get with. <laughs> and I felt lost, you know. And uh, Sister McClary, my wife's um, mother, she came over and says, you can stand with our family. I said, yes, I think I will. And I think I'll marry your daughter. That's the best thing that ever happened to me to get adopted into that family. You know why? Because they were in the church. And they taught me how to live in the church. Hallelujah. 
And God blessed me, but that adoption, that feeling, and I can remember saying, God, if you give me a natural family, I'm going to bring them to church. I'm going to raise them in the church. Hallelujah. And the first one in my family that I know of that's Pentecostal, but now I have granddaughters that are in the church. Hallelujah. And if they have kids, their kids are going to be in the church because I'm going to stand upon the spiritual blessings. Hallelujah, that God has bestowed upon me and said, hey, if I live for you, hallelujah, you're going to bless my family. You're going to bless my children. Amen. We are blessed with spiritual blessings. We are predestinated as the church. The devils can't come against us. Hell can't stop you from living for God. Oh, my goodness. Your problem can't stop you from living for God. It's already been determined. It's predetermined. It's already settled. It's forever settled. Hallelujah. The adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise and the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us and accepted us in the beloved. Hallelujah. This is our position in Christ that we are chosen Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, For we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God, who are uh, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be confirmed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. I want you to know that God is calling us. The voice is going forth. The mystery has been revealed. It's Christ in you. It's the revelation of God that he wants to continue to show himself mighty among us. That are also called and whom he called them he also justified. And whom he justified them he also glorified. What shall we then say of these things? If God be for us, <laughs> who can be against us? Hallelujah. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall not he with them also freely give us all? Everybody say all. All, all things. Verse 35. Who shall separate us? From the love of Christ. Shall tribulation. No. Answer these questions as we. Shall distress. No. Shall persecution. Famine. Nakedness. Peril. Or sword. Nay in all these things. Hallelujah. We are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Through him that loved us. And I am persuaded. You got to be persuaded in this. It's a determination that just says, I don't care what comes my way. I'm living for God. I'm persuaded. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what other people say. I'm persuaded. It doesn't matter what the devil throws at me. I'm persuaded. Hallelujah. Paul said, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. How many know there's things to come down the road? Some trouble down the road. How many of you know that? 
but nothing, nothing that's even coming, height and death, nor any creature shall what? Be able to separate us from the love of God. Hallelujah. It cannot separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That individual cannot separate you from the love of God. Your situation cannot separate you from the love of God. <clears throat> we need to understand who we are, and it says there in verse 39, in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He, this is the revelation. He said, I'm with you now, but I'm going to be in you, and nothing can separate me from you. Hallelujah. If you get persuaded in this, if you realize that you are the church, you have all the spiritual blessings and all the power of heavenly places. Hallelujah. At your disposal. Hallelujah. At your, at your use. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. <clears throat> It says, for as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are, what? The sons. Hallelujah. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. I remember fear, being in bondage to fear before I came to the Lord. I remember that bondage. It kept you captive. Made me go out and get wasted every night so I could... Forget about the fears of life, amen? But we've not received that spirit of bondage, hallelujah, again. But we've received the spirit of adoption, the bringing in to God where we can say, Oh, God, hallelujah, I need you, Lord, and, and I can't hardly bear what's coming down on me, but I praise you, Lord, and I know that you're my father, and I'm your child, and I'm crying out to you, Abba, Father, hallelujah. The Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, hallelujah. And if we are children, then we are heirs of God and joint heirs, we have an inheritance. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know if you've ever had an inheritance come your way in this earth. I have never, amen. But, oh, some people want that inheritance so that they can have something. But to the church, every individual in the church, we've got an inheritance. There's something waiting on us at the end. Oh, yes, hallelujah. We are heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. And also we need to realize, and I don't have time to finish this, but in the first chapter there of Ephesians, it says we're chosen. And I didn't get in to be able to get into this, but you're redeemed. You're bought with a price. Sin does not have to have dominion over you. You can break the bonds of sin through relationship of Jesus Christ, stirring up that gift within us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We are redeemed, which means the ransom has been paid in full. There's nothing that you have to do other than to live for God and to repent of your sins, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things, after the counsel of his own will. 
The God that we serve counsels only with himself. Hallelujah. He wants us to know that we have been redeemed. He's made the purchase price. He's paid the ransom, hallelujah, for our sins. And you don't have to live in condemnation and guilt and sin. Amen. And the third thing that he talks about in 1, 13 and 14 is sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. The seal, the stamp, the insignia, or the private mark, or the security, or, for, or the preservation. Hallelujah. That's what that means. It means that seal. Hallelujah. That private mark that God has put on us, which is the earnest of our inheritance. With the earnest is the pledge, part of the purchase money. If you ever felt God in the most powerful way that you've ever felt him down here, it's only an earnest of what we're going to receive when we get to glory. Hallelujah. You think it's good down here. You ain't seen nothing yet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's just part of the purchase given in advance as security. The Holy Ghost is just that security. Say, hey, here it is. Here's my stamp. I'm going to give you this. But hold on, there's more coming down the road. And while you got it, you got all the spiritual blessings that you need. Amen. He gives two remarkable prayers in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3, if you want to write them down. 1, 15 through 23, and Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, where Paul prays for the Ephesians. Powerful words, we know a lot of them, but they're prayers that Paul puts forth to the Ephesians. We don't have time to go over them this morning, but I just want you to know that we are the church. Hallelujah. Triumphant. You are the church. Nothing can stop you for living and being the church. Hallelujah. If you want to live for God, you can live for God. Amen. God bless you this morning.